and welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast, everyone. My name is Christopher Turner, and I am your host. But today is kind of a special episode because I have somebody joining me. Like I said before, I've been trying to get more people on here to kind of engage in some different perspectives, kind of get expand on the ideas I've talked about, but see see how other people view it or how how they want to play with these ideas. And I'm thinking that's kind of how we're going to go to a higher level with it, if that makes sense. So without further ado, my good friend Shane Way, say hi. What's going on, Chris? Thanks for having me over, and uh, I'm glad we're finally getting a chance to sit down and talk and listen yeah. to ourselves talk no kidding man like it's been a, we've been wait, we've been talking about this for a month two months at the most yeah and it's kind of an odd story how we came back in contact you know i i was just thinking about this the other day that it's it's i've talked about it in the last episode that there's, there's certain individuals that you come in contact with your life in, in your life that have an impact on you and it's hard to describe why you know what i mean yeah there's, I, I do and it's actually been a kind of like a common theme for me this this year already like we've been talking about um, you know, just how people kind of, kind of come in and out of your life. Some people are there for moments. Mm-hmm. Some people are there for chapters and other people, it seems are there for your, there for you for life. You know, whether mm-hmm. they are coming and going, um, there's some people that seem to connect with you, you know, for more of a permanent, mm-hmm. permanent, uh, position in your life. It's more substantial. Yeah. There's something about the connection that you can kind of tell in the moment when you come in contact with these people that there's there's something different about them. It's maybe a little bit of a um, a mirror image of, of yourself in, in the person, I think, is kind of what I recognize. And and I think it's also something that just kind of sometimes that even even without feeling feeling like that from the get go, it uh, you kind of catch yourself saying, oh, I feel like we never get to see each other. And then whenever mm-hmm. we do. It's like we pick up where we left off. <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I've heard other people say that uh, to their friends, and I think that it's something that we all kind of uh, come across, but we don't always stop and recognize it or mm. see it for what it is. Yeah, we overlook these kind of things because they're subtle. They're not always. They don't jump out at you right away. Uh, the people, I, I think, in general, most people don't don't think at this micro scale when they're talking about individuals. They don't try to sub, or, or maybe it's not even a micro scale; it's a macro scale. Like they don't try to segment out their relationships and try to define, hey, what at a deeper level, what is how, what do you mean to me? Yeah. Kind of a thing, right? Uh, and I think at some in some ways it speaks of kind of the social dynamics, kind of the the, the way that our society itself kind of operates at this shallow surface level. This right? high, yeah, this accelerated. Uh, you know, gotta go to gotta go to work to make money. Gotta get off of work to go. You know, pick up the kids from school, mm-hmm. or uh, gotta get over here, or gotta make these plans so that I can accomplish this. And it seems mm-hmm. like everybody's, um, you know, caught up. Yeah, and like the, the rat race. Yeah, exactly. Right? On this wheel of life that that we all seem to at some point jump on, but can never determine when that happens. And all of a sudden, you're just running, 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 and. I think a lot of people feel tired, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they get, they get tired and they don't know. It's not a physical kind of tired. It's an emotional kind of tired, right? Uh, it's like a deep soul tired. And I've, I've talked about this a lot in the podcast too, that I think that this speaks of something like a deep, a disconnection between the individual at like it, it, it I differentiate the individual it, it, segment into two different things, basically like the avatar, you, mm-hmm. the, the physical, you, it's kind of associated with, um, I would say, your limbic system, kind of the emotions, your nervous system, everything you feel, and the physical world. 
But then there's this deeper you. That's something that's inside, or not even necessarily inside you. It's something that's kind of embodies you. And I think I think that's the that's the voice that hmm. um, you know catches you. And I think it catches people at different times, or sometimes it you know never catches them. But um, you know, and I feel like those are the people that you know maybe don't don't feel like they're fulfilling their purpose or. Hmm. Um, but I think yeah. I think that that kind of what you're talking about with the two different beings, um, is kind of like your your physical self mm-hmm. and then your conscience, or you yeah. know, and not and not. I mean, not to uh, overgeneralize that, but no, I agree. Well, it's hard. It's a hard concept too because I've tried. To, I've struggled with the idea of your conscience being you or being God. Yeah. Right. Because it's there's this idea of God being the moral being. Mm-hmm. And kind of having this overarching sight where he, you know, because you are God in some way, like it's, it's, you can't hide anything from him or her. Right. So it's, it's this idea of, of trying to, is, is your conscience influenced by your physical avatar? I guess is or, what I mean. your logical yeah, mind is, the right? consci- yeah. is our subconscious or our conscience. Is it, is it influencing us or are we influencing it? And yes. Are we, mm-hmm. You know, uh, then if you, where you tie in God to it. If you're talking about, um, you know, asking that question, I think that also starts to make people then question themselves or them question, okay, well, if, if there's such thing as fate or destiny, or if we, uh, we have a predisposition to be some way, or we have a predetermined path, then I think that that can also cause you to start to question, well, do I really have free will or do I have, you know, am I just, Am I just going through? And I think that a lot of people come across that as like, mm. is this fate or can I determine this? And then yeah. that actually, that can then get you caught into, you know, uh, is there, can I, can I turn this thing around? Mm. You know, I think that that's kind of where I'm at right now is mm. I'm actually seeing for the first time in a while that I can take control of my self and my yeah. happiness and my, um, you know, fears and my insecurities and, you know, I'm not as, I'm not stuck, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, um, you're not a, a victim, <clears throat> right? That you're the thing that actually controls you. You're the only thing that controls you. And that there's something, I don't know if you found this, but in, in, you know, and it's fascinating thing is how different people's struggles are, how different people's suffering is, mm-hmm. right? How it manifests in everybody's life so individually, but there is a similarity in what it calls out in the individual. And it's something like the higher version of them Mm -hmm. uh, and the hero in them. Right. Um, you see it in all of those Disney movies, you know, it's why they resonate with you so much. I'm curious, actually, is there a certain Disney movie that like resonated with you more as a kid or did you watch them at all? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's weird that the, I don't know if this is the one I would really say, (laughs) but it would, uh, what immediately popped to my, uh, my mind is the hunchback of Notre Dame. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I've never had anybody say that. And I love the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm curious. Do you know why? Have you thought about why ever? I, I don't know. I'm probably because my, my dad's side of the family comes from Hungary and they were that gypsies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it resonates with you at that level. Something, yeah. Something that speaks to, um, your ancestral line, right? Yeah. Hmm. And he was uh, he was the underdog. Quasimodo was the underdog. Absolutely, but he didn't get the girl. Hmm. 
<laughs> that's an oh, and that's an interesting differentiation too. He doesn't get the girl. Yeah. But he does get her the girl in a different way. He mm-hmm. doesn't get the girl in like a romantic way, but he does get no. her in kind of the different the the total love way. Yeah, the companion and mm-hmm. the uh you know, they put their lives on yeah. on the line for each other. That's kind of funny. Mhm. It's a very interesting kind of I find that it's fascinating if, and I've, I've said this before to a lot of the listeners, but I, if you are listening right now and, and you're like, oh, I wonder what mine is, think about it and ask yourself those same questions. What about that movie makes me so attracted to it? Because you'll find there's this massive wealth of like wisdom yeah. built into those movies. I don't think it typically, it typically is going to, the response is typically going to be like, oh, it just makes me feel good because yeah. it, it was a happy ending or it was just yeah. happy. Is that, yeah, shot, I think, that surface level? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. if uh, you take a, take a second look at anything that you're attracted to like that, you know, something so, uh, with such fond memories, like, you know, the childhood movies we, mm-hmm. we think of, I think you probably can find some deeper meaning in your life while you still reflect or still yeah. relate to that. Yeah. You'll always find it too. It's similar. I find a similar experience to what I find when I go to church, oddly enough, when I think about those stories and, and because <clears> I, I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because the metaphors function in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Um, that this, the stories that we read about in the Bible or really any religious text, even if you go to kind of the Hindu Vedas or if you go into like the, the Buddhist, um, um, mantras things like that uh that's not the right way to put it anyway it doesn't matter if you look at all the religious texts you'll find this similarity in the message that comes through it and it's something it's a, it's a method each of them are kind of different perspectives on the method of pulling out the hero in the individual mm-hmm. the highest version of them yeah and they all go about it from a slightly different angle something like that right yeah but um i find that you don't even have to look at religious texts to find that you can look at secular like apparently secular works of art, right? Like the, like the Disney movies or people themselves or Or people people themselves. themselves. Like, like, uh, and guys, I know this might all sound, uh, might, might sound a little crazy the way we jumped into this, but Chris and I have been kind of connecting on, uh, on a few different levels and we've kind of started a lot of these conversations. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, just to, I think that, um, Sorry, I caused myself to lose my train. You're fine. No, I'll pick up where you left off there. Like that, yeah. I think it it matters for some reason. We were talking about this before we got on the podcast to kind of explain how we met each other mm-hmm. uh, and kind of kind of describe for people that that um, recognizing, I think, the higher self in somebody else. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Yeah. Or look, sorry, what it, what I was saying is looking at people themselves. You know, we were comparing it to works of art or, or movies mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, why we connect with these things on such a deeper level. Um, you know, you look at people and the stories and the life experiences they have. Yeah. And then, you know, when you come back to each other or somebody comes in your life, then you look at that person and say, man, like this dude gets me or this, you know, this person is, you know, walking the same path as me. And I think that that's a. Uh, you know, that's, it's kind of just an interesting, it's an interesting way, uh, friends or family or, you know, just anybody, even the person you just bump into at the store or something mm-hmm. that's, they play such a huge role in our lives. Yeah. You don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Even if it's for that minute, mm-hmm. you know, those conversations, those thoughts that we have and everything, the, uh, the importance and the significance that those make to us in those mm-hmm. instances, it's, it's kind of crazy. It is it, because there's. Well, because you don't always meet the people in the most ideal situations. No. Right? Um, 
like for instance, when I met Shane, I was coming out of, as I've described for you guys, I was kind of in the middle of um, my dark night of the soul. I had just been kicked out of the military about a year or two prior. Um, I was kind of, I was living uh, with some friends, but the environment itself wasn't the most healthy. I had been doing a, a variety of different drugs heavily, uh, addicted to pretty much all of them. Um, you know, I was doing some things right, like trying to go to school, but in this mix, this kind of shadow uh, or dark night of the soul, I found a job working at a place called Bullshooters. It's a, it's a big, actually, a very large pool hall here in Phoenix uh, and a dart, uh, uh, place you can play darts as well. But I need, anyway, I got a job uh, working for my friend Jamie there doing bar backing and security. And this is where I met Shane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I had only been there for, I think, just a couple months prior to that. Uh, yeah, but it was, you know, and it was funny because I was also going through at that point in my life, I was going through a huge transition period. Um, yeah, I had actually just, uh, just transferred, uh, colleges. Um, I had left New Mexico state university where I had originally gone to play college football and, uh, ended up getting injured tearing up my knee there and then going through probably one of the darkest times of my life of mm. you know depression and sadness and insecurity from you know pretty much losing losing what I had made so dear to me for a long time it was a huge part of my life your dream yeah so yeah. when I had met um, met Chris and actually been working at bull shooters I had just let I was honestly um, on on the verge of dropping out at Arizona State University where I was pretty much just going to school without a purpose. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I needed to try to finish school. Um, I wasn't able to play football anymore because um, I was no longer able to make that the center point of my life. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of start paying bills and start mm -hmm. doing things like that, and it just kind of got pushed to the sideline. Life hit you. Yep. Yeah. So and that happens for a lot of people. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So when we when we were at uh we we were at bull shooters, that was a that was a huge transition period. And it's yeah. funny because it's kind of fast forward. That's kind of where we are now. I feel <laughs> like we're both at another little fork yeah. fork in the road in our Crossroads. lives. Yeah. 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 Those moments they stick out. I was just talking about that last episode. The crossroad mm -hmm. moments there. You do. You come up to these moments in your life where you can feel there's a different presence. There's a different like energy to it, and it's something like a gravity. It's something like, oh shit, this is important. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's important. Yeah. And you can identify it by having a certain amount of uncertainty in the road ahead, mm -hmm. and it demands a type of choice yeah. in a crossroads moment. And that's the odd thing what you just point out pointed out there. I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it in that context, but that's why it's so fascinating to reconnect with people. Is like, yes, you're right. It's exactly what this moment is here mm -hmm. too and that's exactly what it was back then was crossroad moments we were at a, a point in our lives where we could turn we could choose to go up or down yeah you know what i mean yeah. in a very serious way because we were surrounded in that environment by chaos chaos the, the, the kind of chaos that most people don't experience yeah um and to describe to you that i guess <laughs> i don't know really how to start to describe <laughs> the environment of bullshooters right yeah um, it's uh <laughs> Anytime bullshooters, bullshooters is an incredible place, yes. man. It's a if you're looking for just an awesome, awesome bar restaurant, yeah. great food, cheap, fun place to go. Mm -hmm. You can bring family. Yeah, 
all types of crazy. There's more pool tables there than but any place in the entire state. Like it's huge. It yeah. is. It is a neighborhood bar. Yes. It is a neighborhood bar. <laughs> Through and through. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a big, it's like a big hole in the wall bar. If you can mm-hmm. imagine that. It's yeah. like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a hole. It's a uh, hole in the wall neighborhood bar the size of a Toys R Us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and shout out also to Jamie Bates and Mike Incredible. Bates and all the crew out there, man. Like we, I honestly, and I, I love, cause everything we're going to talk about here, like I want to say from the get go, I absolutely loved my time working at bull shooters. I loved every single person I met there. Everybody. I, I, it was, it was like I was saying, one of the darker times of my life, but at the same time, oddly enough, one of the funnest times I've ever had in my life as well. Yeah. Uh, and one of the times where I've met, it made some of the deepest connections I've ever made, made in my life as well. So, um, that being said though, <laughs> um, the, it is an environment like Shane was getting into that is kind of hole in the hole in the, uh, wall. It's in a, it's in a part of Phoenix where, you know, you can get basically any crowd and I mean any crowd, like you can get families like Shane was describing, but you can get all the way to some pretty serious gang related kind of stuff going on there. Right. So, and it's not anything related, re- reflecting on the bar. It's just kind of the environment in which it operates, something like that. Right. So, um, so this is why there's a necessity for security. Every right? every, every every neighborhood has their own personality. Exactly. This yes. one had a lot of personality. <laughs> a variety of personalities. Yeah. So anyway, to kind of describe what me and Shane did, um, like I said, we were bar back. So a lot of the time we were behind the bar and we're cleaning dishes and talking to people and even pouring drinks sometimes, things like that. Um, but the really the most important part of our job was the security side. Mm-hmm. And so we would do uh, ID checks, things like that. We it was it was a huge a huge bar where even on a slow night when you come in and it looks dead Mm -hmm. we'd have you know 50 to 100 people in there very easily and it would look slow Mm -hmm. but uh you know something like 50 50 table 50 (laughs) pool tables in there or 60 pool tables in there and 30 30 dartboards or so so it's a big place and you might be only you might be in there on a on an odd (laughs) night where it's one one door person who's also working as a bar back and yeah. one or two bartenders. Yeah, you're shorthanded and you know you don't no have servers else. or one server if yep. that. And and a lot of times you know that's why you know it's a big shout out to Mike and all the all the dart players because they they were a big part of that security team oh, even though def- they didn't get paid oh, they would help out a man, lot. The, right? the community and the the family of guests that used to come mm-hmm. through there was awesome. It was a uh, you you. I mean, you had to go through almost like what felt like a little bit of a, ha- not a, not a hazing process, but, uh, if you came, if you came in, if you yeah. came in there with the wrong personality and thought you were going to, you know, push around some of the, some of the regulars, they, they, you know, you might, might get into an argument or two. First of all, you had to have some balls cause there's some yeah. big boys, right? Like, oh, yeah. But- <laughs> oh yeah. Those yeah. dark players, man, those, those guys they make the they make the college football players look small. Yeah, so. they make the ground shake, man. Yeah, like but also, like I said, some of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah, and, um, you definitely wanted wanted to have their respect, and you definitely wanted uh, them to have your back if something ever popped off. Because um, it's a uh, it's a community of you know all sorts there, and you know something that we kind of overlooked or something that I felt like we became oddly comfortable with yeah. there was, was a little bit of chaos. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you stopped and put it into perspective and sometimes it was Jamie or somebody putting, you know, coming and getting our attention after, after, you know, maybe a fight mm-hmm. or somebody had to get escorted out Yeah, that you stopped and realized, Oh, it's just me and one other person here. Yeah. 
And if I let somebody get the upper hand, it puts a lot of, you know, it puts a, puts a lot at risk. It's the first time, not the first time, but it is kind of the time that sticks out in my head when I think about being put in those fight or flight moments, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what, I think that's what you're referring to there yeah. is there is a lot of, oper- there's a lot of times like he was describing where you'd have 30 people in there and you're shorthand and you're the only security dude. And you have, you know, some, sometimes you have some sketchy folks going through there, right? Yeah. Some people that you don't want to tangle the wrong way with. So first of all, you have to figure out how to talk to those people in a proper way. Mm-hmm. Certain amount of respect you have to lend everybody you talk to, right? Yeah. And those are and those, those are those crucial uh, yeah. people skills that mm-hmm. we don't, we, you know, not enough people know nowadays as far as yeah. shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eyes. Um, Even more dr- so, we're not we're not massive dudes either. No. We're good sized guys, but no. we're not massive. Yeah, we're I not going to scare anybody with our size. I was just a skinny fat guy yeah. with a really nice beard. <laughs> and uh, very nice beard, by the way, best beard I've ever seen. <laughs> Shane Shane's the guy that got me into growing beards. So, like, anybody needs some advice, hit Shane up for sure. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was, there was some spots, man, where being a you got in some sketchy spots. I only got in like really that one main one, a couple, two main ones, but you got in some pretty sketchy spots. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. I, it's it's just you know I don't know whether you want to go into details of those mm-hmm. or not, but um, it's one of those things like I said, referring to the fight or flight moments where it calls out in you something like. Um, the primal you, right? Yeah. And it shows you whether you're that thing or not and whether you can control that thing or not. Something like that. Well, yeah. And I'm going to actually tie into somebody that I think would be awesome to bring on this podcast one day. Cause that guy's a storybook in himself is, um, is Andy, 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 man, I gotta, I gotta reconnect with him now that I'm actually out here close enough to see him. Shout out to him. I just, just moved back to Arizona, by the way, from, uh, from Texas. So, uh, yeah, but Andy, man, that's a that's a guy that in those fight or flight moments, that's the guy uh, behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like the kid from Stuart Little. Yeah, <laughs> but about the baddest dude in the world. No shit. And uh, definitely, definitely the uh, the guy behind the bar. You want to have your back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and Steve the, as well. Yeah, yeah, Steve as well. There's a lot of times though where. You know, before, you know, when I first started there, before I would even get, you know, get into those situations where I was escorting people out or asking people to leave or, you know, picking up drinks at the end of the night, I would usually look for his approval because I didn't want to jump the gun. And I know how easy it is to go from the um, respected, you know, I don't want to say person in charge but like like the you know authoritative figure yes. you're you know you're the, you're the sober mind you're the sober mind in a mm-hmm. room full of people that are then been been drinking and having a good time so yep. um there's a responsibility you definitely yeah, yeah you don't want to you don't want to jump the gun and escalate anything because like i said you can put somebody in harm's way yep um and that's why it is like a last resort that's one thing that i really um, found I developed in myself there and I took, I prided myself on there was de-escalation. Oh yeah. Right? And yeah. Working Chris, with people. Chris yeah. could talk people out of there better than anybody. And right. usually if I looked around and Chris or mm-hmm. Andy was there, I knew that I was going to have a chill night because yeah. they both knew when to pull the trigger as far as, uh, you know, when to escalate it and when, yeah, to not, when to, um, when to, yeah. When yeah. to kick it into high gear yeah. and when to, when to relax. Yep. You know, Exactly right. And and that's, you know, the, the, 
it's one of those things that I, I hear people talk a lot about fighting, right? And especially we, we had fight nights, UFC fight nights, and every night there was a fight night, somebody's fighting, right? Because mm -hmm. it just gets in your blood. You know, yeah. people, people have this primal thing that kind of sits inside of them that they don't recognize. And because of that, when they when something kind of itches it a little bit or like pokes it a little bit, ooh, yeah. they want to let it out and it feels it's, good. Being, right? at, being at a neighborhood bar or being, you know, being at a pool hall, mm -hmm. when you got that competition, you got just a lot of big energy around you. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, it's kind of like same kind of, um, energy you pick up when you're walking around a, like a weight room, yep. you know, exactly not by the yeah. machines, not by the cables, but by like the, mm -hmm. you know, by the free weights. Yeah. That's, that's the same type of energy you pick up. The only difference is that energy is amplified because you got out of <laughs> alcohol and whatever yeah. else is in everybody's system at the bar. So judgment's out the window now. Yeah. Yep. People, exactly. uh, People are nice and nice and warmed up. They're you know they're feeling feeling strong. So yeah. But there was always something, and this is kind of why I brought it up, and why I think we were talking about the history of meeting at Bull Shooters is in describing the environment in this way is because there was something about the environment that was fairly chaotic, right? It was by nature, and I've always questioned myself. Well, why did I end up in that spot and a in a kind of a chaos there mm -hmm. um, when I was kind of at a spot where I was at my lowest in some senses mm -hmm. uh, and the answer I've come up with is something like that's where you do end up when you're at your lowest because that's what enables the, the thing that's greater in you to come out it's like you don't you don't know what you are until you've gone to certain places mm -hmm. if that makes sense and, and it's been tested or called out in you the other thing is I think that um, I mean everything's chaotic like I, I agree yeah. I agree with everything you just said except then I fast forward and I work in the oil field mm. where, you know, it's the same, you yeah. know, same, ener same energy. You got a lot of, hey. a lot of uh, testosterone and just, uh, you know, people running on no sleep and high energy and high caffeinated and, yeah. uh, not enough nicotine. And cause you're the thing that knows it. That's what I'm saying is like the reason that you're in that environment is cause you're the kind of thing that knows how to pull order out of chaos because mm -hmm. you have experience with it. Yeah. You have a spirit, you've seen the darkest side of it, which is that violent thing that will come out of people. You know, you've, you've dealt with that over and over throughout your life. And so one of the aspects of, of I, I, from my perspective that I yeah. see in that job and why you would be in a chaotic position still isn't necessarily like I just said, like it's only because you're at a rock bottom in your life. No. no and no, I hear, like, I, I hear, yeah. and I know where you're coming from too, yeah. because you know, be better than a exactly. lot of people do. You yeah. also know, um, a little bit about my upbringing and mm -hmm. just a lot about me. So I totally hear where you're you yeah. know, putting that observation out there too. But, but anyway, I, I think that there's something that I noticed in you while I was working with you in those, in, in those kind of edgy situations and environments that, uh, spoke to kind of, or showed me that there was something, I guess the best way to describe it was deeply principled about you. Um, and I've found throughout my life that people that operate on something like a deep belief or faith or principle, um, not only are they more stable throughout their life, but they're the kind of thing that people tend to follow because they exude a certain type of grace because they're following something that isn't external. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it's funny, it's funny that you use the word grace because that's by, by, you know, you know, by word specifically is you know, grace is what I've been praying for out loud. Hmm. Um, over, I'd say probably the past six months is, uh, just handling, um, you know, handling internal, the internal conversation, uh, handling it 
with grace, mm-hmm. uh, w- making everything I do have a little more intention and putting a little more intention in behind, yeah. you know, behind it. So, um, you know, obviously I don't want to be, it's just, it's funny that you say that. Mm-hmm. Though. It's funny that you use the word grace. I think that, that, that what you're getting at there too is kind of at a fundamental level. If, if you ever are experiencing any form of suffering, one of the ways that you can kind of experience the grace of God or whatever you believe in is through focusing on oddly enough, the most ridiculous tasks, like the things that you usually write off the stuff that you don't usually do with all your intent. If you focus on those things with all your intent and you put everything you have into it, for some reason, it demonstrates at a fundamental level what you are. And you are the thing that does that, that is able to take something that is by, by, by nature, uh, operating under the law of entropy, right? That is going from a state of order to chaos, but you're the thing that can take that chaotic soup and just at the simplest level. And if you demonstrate that over and over to yourself at a simplest level, then what it does is shows, Oh, I have something to build on here and I can expand that idea out. And then once you get to the larger ideas, larger concepts, they're not, they're not more, they're not as overwhelming and you can still operate with that grace you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I kind of, I kind of feel like you're getting ready to touch on a lot of, a lot of points. Again, I feel like you and I just keep, you you, we're, we're resonating. Uh, yeah, we're, we're resonating. Yeah, and if you guys are listening, with... this is this is what happens when you really connect with somebody. Is it, there's a way that it'll pull you out of yourself, and and, and it's uncomfortable in some ways too, right? Like because it's it's something like we want to we want to keep we want to hold on to the the steering wheel. Yes, <laughs> we want to hold on to the steering wheel. I keep feeling compelled to be like, oh well, let's finish the story on how Chris and I met. However, I know that uh, right now he he just knows where I'm at. Um, mentally and emotionally and uh it's just odd again this crossroads that we've kind of bumped back into each other is uh it's crazy man it's really really crazy the way we've been um you know we're in this transition period together right now so there's a time dilation effect that's happening right now too that i like to point out because when you meet when, when you have these experiences with people where you have this kind of deeper connection this resonance where like i said it kind of pulls you you out of yourselves what you'll notice is like the time kind of changes and shifts a little bit and if you have to really kind of focus on it but like you'll either experience kind of a lack of noticing time where it flies by as if it's speeding up or you'll you'll notice it like freeze and i think what that demonstrates too is the fact that time doesn't exist that time is something that is all in your head me and you and everybody else here it's something that we create it's not even that we create it it's literally a byproduct of perspective perspective being placed taking something infinite right your soul Mm -hmm. your higher self and placing it in a finite space constricting it produces something like linear thought or linear vision and that word in vision that so that same perspective is also what i i keep using kind of as my mantra for this Mm -hmm. uh this year i say this year but i started saying it it probably i don't know two three months back i caught myself just kind of saying it in my head while i was at work and to uh if anybody's that's listening has worked in the oil field. You'll know that, you know, or any type of industry like that, it's, it's loud all the time. So even though I'm, you know, I may be surrounded by people or I might be working in a trailer. Um, I'm you're alone. You're alone out there just yeah. in your thoughts. You're alone. You have a lot of time out there. Um, you know, 12, 15, 17, 18, 18 hour shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't even drive into town other than to stop at the gas station before you go to and from work. Um, 
but you have very little human interaction out yeah. there other than like the guys that you know just while you're driving in the pickup truck and usually i'm sleeping while somebody's driving mm. or yeah. you know because i mean but you're just alone out there with your thoughts and uh that's when i started telling myself um because some days just seem long mm. some days man you're only it's only nine o'clock i used to joke around and say it doesn't matter what time of day <laughs> you look at that you look at the clock it's gonna say nine yeah which means you're not even halfway through your shift <laughs> it's quick, it's quick, so, quick, slow time yeah, down. Yeah, the so, clock. yeah but i i caught myself and it was those days that i would remind myself not just to stop and be appreciative or not just to stop and say you know thank you god for for this opportunity thank you for mm -hmm. being able to provide for my family thank you for man i get to see the sun come up and the sun go yeah. down every single day but i would remind myself like shane pick your freaking shoulders up mm -hmm. your back hurts because you're slouching yep your back's not hurt because you're tired and the back's you know you're not dead mm -hmm. you're not freaking i mean even us um you know there are quite a few jobs and i've done them in the oil field where you get to sit watch netflix for four to six hours you know you see a lot of memes talking about guys in the oil field just <laughs> you got you got very your easy days in the oil field are very easy <laughs> this this work i've been doing for the past year doing wireline and doing um you know six to ten stages of shift that's not you don't get time to sleep so that's long hours I, you know yeah. you start getting tired and night you, hours you start too. yeah you guess you yeah. start getting start getting tired and you start uh making excuses to be lazy you start making excuses to cut corners you start making excuses to for your back hurting you mm -hmm. start making excuses to be depressed or sad or you know but man if you just freaking throw your shoulders back and tell yourself walk with intention yeah put your every step i take one step might feel heavy because my boots are covered in mud or like past couple of weeks ice and snow and mm -hmm. stuff and slush but freaking but just walk with intention mm -hmm. make it put some damn thought don't don't be complacent don't you know and that's what i've that's yeah. become my mantra for 2021 man and i it's weird because i am feeling every hour and every second and i always thought that i was busy you know oh i worked 18 hours mm -hmm. or oh you know but what how what was i doing when i was sitting down you know the past couple months free we've been we've been working out We've been working out our yeah. whole shift in between or before and after we You've pick up. We've been it. getting 25 push-ups in before and after every time we lay down. And yeah. um, that's the intention that has already started to just energize my life. Mm. And it's it's lit, you know. That fire. That fire, 100%. Mm. It's lit that fire. And it's lit it in my my mind, my body, my soul. Mm. I feel energized. I feel alert. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too much into what's going on in my personal life, but. I uh just say you're dealing I'm, with some I'm stuff. On, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. on my I'm dealing with a lot of stuff and I'm right now it's weird because I feel like uh a physical chapter, a physical time, you know, physical hmm. moment hmm. is it's, 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 it's tangible. literally it's, it's tangible. Yeah, yeah, it's literally I've I've flipped that page, hmm. you and know, you can and feel that. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, that transition is so weird, isn't 100%. it? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I, mm -hmm. it's you know, I, oh man. Like you're waking up or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yep. the fog's cleared, mm -hmm. you know, the fog's cleared out and man. Yeah. 
it, that, that, because, and this actually leads me to, um, I didn't really do it at the beginning, but this is kind of a, a segue here. Um, at the end of the podcast here, I'm going to be incorporating or starting to incorporate a little bit of tarot cards and I'll do a little more description at the end here. Um, but what changed describing, and this is something that I'll talk about more, um, is something like the awakening process, I think, from what I can hear, right? This, um, it's something like going through the struggles of your life and the hardships in your life, your, your eyes are opening up to something like the true you, which is that you are the things that hold you back are you, if that makes sense. Am I, am I getting onto something right there? I think, yeah, I think a hundred percent. I think, um, kind of like what, what we've been talking about also off the podcast is, uh, there's call it by any name, mm. you know, this awakening, this burst of energy, this, um, revolution, you know, internal revolution, this, mm. you know, <laughs> this, a beautiful way to yeah, you yeah, know, just, yeah. I don't know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can call it by That's a lot of things, like. a lot of yeah. different things. I think that, um, it is real. I think it's like a real tangible thing. And I think that, uh, it's not, it's not by, Personally, I don't think it's fate. I don't think it's grand design, hmm. but I think that uh, 100% there's a like there's a actual purpose in what's going on. Yeah, right now in my life and Chris's life, why mm-hmm. we're why our paths have crossed again, and uh, you can I hear th- it right now. Yeah, there's an example of it. Well, yeah, 100%. And that's that's what's kind of fascinating about this process, you know. But there's. There's something I wanted to key on what you were talking about there, and I'm trying to pick it out because I almost lost it. Um, anyway, there is something deeply necessary about the pain that you experience in your life, right? And the hardest times to recognize that pain is when you're in the middle of that shit. You know what I mean? Because what you're going to feel when you're in the middle of that kind of hell of sorts, I think that's the best way to describe it, is... Um, something like the animal inside of you tearing and clawing yeah, and ripping think, yeah. and trying its best to try to to take over and possess you in a certain type of way. I appreciate you bringing that up because that's something I've been saying. And part of me has been saying it as, um, you know, like a to, – to somebody just hearing me, I, I, send, I tend to say, it, say things in jest, mm-hmm. um, you know, and kind of laugh. But people that know me, they know that uh, I kind of have a, like, I don't know what you would call it, a code of code of ethics yeah. or my own personal my own personal mm-hmm. um, morals yeah. and beliefs that tie together with you know uh, there's a lot of common narratives, mm-hmm. respect and yeah. um, loyalty and things and yeah. responsibility and yeah. um, I pride myself on uh, just having. Um, just being being rooted in uh, holding myself up to my word and holding mm. you know my Hon- word my yeah, yeah yeah trying to be honorable and mm. honor and that's so weird I, just saying honoring yourself I think that's what you're doing when you do that and that's a weird thing because we always think about it the opposite way you're honoring other people by acting in an honorable way but that's actually not true you're honoring your higher self because that is the higher self the perfect thing you can imagine of you is you. The only thing that stands in the way of that is this avatar, is the ego, is what we think we are. And so it's something like deconstructing that thing. And I think that's what you've been describing is like that cloud, 
that caziness falling away is something like the weight that is accumulated with that mask that we wear and it's everybody wears them and yeah. there's also an important point to to point out here too is that you the point is not to eliminate the mask because it is associated with your physical experience so no. it's but you do have to figure out a way to interplay with it that when and, it's necessary and when it's not and to know that it is not you so you can watch that fucking thing yeah you know what i mean that's and that's <laughs> where that's where yeah. that's and i i apologize i lost it's it's i'm still getting used to hearing myself in my ear so i do te- i've been tending to yeah, yeah lose my train of thought there but the you were talking about the inner beast and the inner mm. demon and i say things like that in jest and a lot of my buddies you know they hear me and they're like you know and i'm like oh dude feel like that freaking demon's coming out of me yeah but anybody that knows me and anybody knows that when i say that stuff i'm i'm uh, connecting to an old, I mean, like I, man, I used to be, I used to pride myself on being the nastiest, meanest, mm-hmm. scariest linebacker I could be on the field. And I, my dad messed me up as a kid and turned me into freaking well, he- highly motivated crime mob listening Miami <laughs> Dade kid that just yeah. liked to scrap and freaking hit people so yeah. well it's but, funny you say but that, now yeah. now as i've as i've been focusing on myself and living with this intention man i'm not tired at the end of the day you know five six o'clock man chris and i go to the gym and we catch ourselves working out for four hours <laughs> like some damn savages no <laughs> and and that's that's the beast man mm-hmm. that's the demon that you know, sometimes I catch myself with restless leg syndrome or I'm mm-hmm. sitting there and I'm, I catch myself getting anxious at the house now. And I'm like, man, I'm stressing. I don't want to stress. So let me just go beat the hell out of some weights and <laughs> make myself hurt with these things. You know, found that healthy outlet for it. Right? It's a, or- it's definitely a healthy outlet. Like we were saying, we got to keep things in moderation and keep things in perspective, but man, I don't see anything. I mean, everything i just feel so good right now yeah me too i feel like i'm freaking you know like a mario kart back in the day (laughs) you go off the course you go off the course and what happens your little freaking cart go kart gets on no no well first it starts getting slow 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 slow. and what happens you keep going you go out of bounds and your, your guardian angel throws you back on track but if you catch your if you catch yourself and you get off the off the sand and you pull right back onto your turn, all of a sudden things start running smoothly again. You're mm. back in the race. And that's how I feel right now. I feel fired <laughs> up like I'm back in the race, dude. That was the dopest analogy dude. ever, dude. I love it. It is. Because it's it is like that. Yeah. You do have control over your car. Right? Yeah. A certain amount of control. And I wanted to hit, this is what I was trying to hit on before. You kept on bringing up earlier something like, is it predetermined or do we have free will? Right? This is a question I think everybody mm-hmm. struggles with. And it's one of the things that leads people away from religion because they don't like the idea of there being something predetermined and them having a lack yeah, of control. Yeah, we, to- we get told all the time we have free will. Yeah. Oh, you have free will. You have free will. You have free will. And then everybody then turns around and meets you with, uh, thank God. Thank God because this happened. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, don't get me wrong. I. I don't want to sound contradictive, contra, contradictory to every everything I just said about having faith in God, and, but mm. I'm 100% thankful 
for God giving me the opportunity to make these choices. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good way to look at it. I do have free will, Mm -hmm. but God has given me this opportunity to to be here in this moment with these people on this ride for however long. For some fucking reason. For (laughs) eternity, eternity, whatever it is, man. Andy... If, I hope you pop in and listen to this, but you're another one, man. You're, I'm mm-hmm. about to pop back in your life, bud. Yeah, you better watch out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, but yes, and I'm going to try to make the argument for why mm-hmm. both exist. I really do think this is the truth. This is what I can discern. So we were talking about time earlier and how it, I don't think it exists, and you seem to agree with that. Do you agree with that idea that time isn't real? Yeah, it's a, time's just another it. way, it's I like think, that we categorize things. Yes, exactly, right? It's a, almost yeah. like a form of speech. Yeah. It's a it's like a mental form of speech. I think time, obviously, like I was saying earlier, mm-hmm. time is all relative. It's, the, it's 9 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. as long as you're looking at the clock. Don't look at the clock, man, and you know, it works over. That. Yeah, and exactly, and you can experience the di- di- yeah. dilution of time in that mm-hmm. way. So that example, I think that's a good way you can experience it in your own lives, listeners, is to try to test that. Like by not looking at the clock and looking at the clock, you'll see that time will dilate and and compress. And so anyway, if you accept the idea that time isn't real in the way we think about it, it's not a physical thing, then you have to do away with the idea of the future and the past being physical things because that's how we think about them, right? If the future and the past don't exist, if it's a if it's a product, an illusion of sorts because of the illusion of time or the finite space we're placed in, then you have to ask yourself, okay, if I have free will, if now is the only thing that exists and I'm controlling the car, then where I'm going can be fixed without me seeing it in some way, if that makes sense. So... The idea is that because we have ability to remember the past, we have ability to discern the future, to see it in some way. And we try to throw out ideas into the future and see if they stick. And then whatever sticks best, we try to follow. And we think that's a predetermined path in some way, Mm -hmm. right? But that is an illusion as well. So what I'm trying to argue for is that you can have a set path, something like God or the universe creates you with a certain elemental base is the best way you could describe it. You're a certain thing that is created for a certain purpose. That purpose is kind of outlined in your DNA, in your structure, in your soul. And what you'd have to do is figure out a way to align the physical being to the frequency of the soul. So that yes, it is predetermined, but you have control over whether you align with it. Does that make sense? Yes, but I don't think that there's like even, and I, I think what I'm catching is like you, you have a predetermined destination, but how you get there is mm-hmm. not laid out. I, I don't necessarily, I think that the, I think that the, the destination is always changing. I think that it's all relative. It's all, or it's it? all what you're creating. So yeah. this is where I tie everything back. There's a lot of common themes I keep coming back to, mm-hmm. but the, um, the law of attraction. Yeah. If you know what I'm putting out is my reality mm-hmm. and that reality just hasn't come into, you know, hasn't come into fruition yet. It mm-hmm. hasn't been, it hasn't, that's not there yet, Yeah. but it's already predetermined mm-hmm. in quotes, but it's, you know, it's always changing with my, with the energy I'm putting out. Yes, exactly. And, and not, it's not only the energy you're intentionally putting out, but the energy from the things you haven't settled inside of yourself, mm-hmm. which is the thing, the part that messes people up. It's yeah. like, why don't I have what I want? Well, yeah. The reason and, why is because a lot of those shit are as you, real. you don't see. Yeah. Those are as real. Yes. Again, call it by whatever name you want. But, you know, I, growing up, um, 
in a Catholic home and being Catholic and being uh, confirmed, yeah, uh, those are demons. Mm-hmm. Those are real, physical or real tangible things. Mm-hmm. Those those um, things that determine you know the 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 battles, the heartaches that we yeah. carry with us are our demons. Know, those are the chains. Yeah, you know those are the chains dragging us down. We own them so, like we own everything else. Exactly. Yeah. So now, Robert back to what we're saying yeah. is, going the direction we're headed or headed to our destination, if we're carrying those demons, we're carrying those chains, we're carrying the bad juju or the bad energy. That karma. The bad karma. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to spew over on other people. And now that's other people that affects other people's yeah. journey to their je- destination, but it's all something we're in control of something you can pick up on by looking at people too. And this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Is I think the magnetism in the way that, that certain people are, people get obsessed with certain people, right? Mm-hmm. And you can experience this, like think back into a high school party where there was that one individual that everybody gravitated towards. You know what I mean? And you're like, why the hell they maybe not have, we're like the most attractive person, but they're like the person everybody wants to be around. I think it's something like when you start to do what you're talking about, sort through those chains, sort through those demons, or when, even if you haven't sorted through all of them, but at least you know they're there, you recognize mm-hmm. them. Recognizing. So there's something about the recognition that you actually demonstrate as a, at a physical level in the and way ad- you look. And just address them. And you can yeah. address them by any way. You can say, man, like the other night on location, I was telling you, we just had some, there was some bad Weird energy stuff, in yeah. the air. You know, there was... All these, all these little bad yeah. omens and stuff. And mm-hmm. I looked at my engineer and told him, Hey man, uh, we, we all got, there's some bad, there's something going on tonight. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I didn't know how to put it. Cause I didn't want him to think like, man, Shane's a kook, <laughs> which he already thought. But, uh, you know, he said, he's like, well, shut up. Don't talk about it. Well, that's how he wanted yeah. to, to, uh, to deal with it. Was to not, that's how not, most people react. Not deal with it. And man, to me, that's scary. I don't want to walk it. When, you know when you walk outside? Hmm. I don't know who, who can all relate to this, but you walk outside and it's 20 degrees and it's pitch black and there's no light on the porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> the porta potty's 50 yards away. Man, I'll tell you what, you sometimes get the heebie jeebies, feel mm-hmm. like the boogeyman's out. Well, that, but those aren't that's e- yeah. people. People feel that energy, mm-hmm. and they want to turn and run. Sorry, I, I no, go ahead, continue. Trump, but, yeah. but they want to turn and run from it sometimes, or they feel that energy, and they're, I'm a little scared. I'm gonna flick the light on. Yeah, but to me, I look at that bad energy as something as tangible as a demon, or as mm-hmm. something that's tangible as the devil himself. You know, or the just bad spirits, bad what goes you know whatever. Maybe it's yeah. the curse, the curse location. Yeah, maybe it's the boogeyman. And why do you turn the light on? Yeah, why? Right? Why don't you just stare right in the face? Why doesn't the Why doesn't it ever stay dark when you turn and the light it, on? Yeah, you know what I mean. But you know what though? You still get that imprint in your eyes mm-hmm. when you turn that light on. You still see those shadows. The outline. So yeah. sometimes I think if you just address that they're there, maybe just because they feel uncomfortable, maybe they're not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not evil you're dealing with. Maybe mm-hmm. you're dealing with something in yourself or you're dealing with an insecurity or a doubt, or maybe you're dealing with the the bad energy. Like we said, somebody's about to get hurt or something. These it's are just, outlined things in the paranormal world, at least. That, what you're describing those are the similar, strings. will be similar to what's called a poltergeist, which is 
in, in, in paranormal world, it's the idea that people do put out, you, we are receivers, right? Well, basically what we are is like a, like a, you can think of us as a radio receiver, but also a broadcaster. So mm-hmm. we receive energy and we, we broadcast it out. And one of the things that can happen if you get overcharged or you get something like that, where you have kind of a chain that's grown out size that you've ignored for too long and has been chasing you around for years and years and years. It can actually start to manifest in a physical way because that energy is is something like it's rebounding off of you mm-hmm. and you are doing it. It's the weirdest thing. Like you well, are the, actually manifesting that well, in, and that's, that's in like a way. When you said you can see it in people, mm-hmm. you know, you see those people that you work with or those people you go to school with or those people that you just, you're like at the gas station, you see them like, like yeah. hissing and growl, yeah. growling at the cashier and you're like, God, what the heck? Like that is possession. Those, those that is are what those, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, those are those. Exactly, man. That's what it looks don't like. Don't get your don't get your blinders up and pretend that that's not what it is. When you're seeing the mm-hmm. ugly side in people, that toxic side of people, that might be what you're dealing with. That is what you're dealing with. Insanity is something like the loss of control or total possession. Uh, the total possession of something that we could identify as that in Christianity we identify as Satan, but in many other religions they'd identify as the darkness or um, kind of um, any of these kind of uh, entities that anthropomorph- when anthropomorphized embody like something like fear and, and despair and um, kind of that dark pit hell itself, yeah. right? Um, that that is the same thing throughout history we're talking about the same thing we're talking we're just labeling them different things yeah and And that that energy is something that when people feel it they it's such an uncomfortable thing i was you keyed on on like the heebie-jeebies you said mm -hmm. the heebie-jeebies yeah because you feel it because that is not just people always write that off as like oh i got the chills whenever i'm getting downloads from my guys right which as i've talked about before guys like this is as real as the table i'm hitting right now and I know it may sound crazy for me to say that, but I get direction directly from things that are not on this plane, right? Mm-hmm. When that's happening, most of the time when I'm resonating properly, that's how it manifests is through this something. It feels something like being hooked up to a battery and you get this energy overload and your hair will stand up everywhere on your body. And somebody's peeking over your shoulder. Yes. There's an energy to it. That energy you'll experience in many different forms. It'll change forms depending on what kind of energy you're feeling. So like, let's say you're feeling something that's of a higher vibration. It's going to feel warm. It's going to kind of feel comforting. Or euphoric. Euphoric. If you feel something and your vision kind of widens, Mm -hmm. it's like the whole world gets brighter. Everything's HD now. Yes. But when you feel the other one, it feels something like cold, something like shiver, something like, like, like I want to close my eyes and hide Mm -hmm. from the, from everything. Mm -hmm. And that is the natural default reaction. The funniest thing in what you pointed out there is the way to make those go away is to look at them. That's why we turn the lights on. They go away when you turn the lights on. Yeah. So as a metaphor, address them, address, address them for what them. they are. Yes. Hey, hey, I'm feeling this. They only have power when you turn away from them. What's what do I what do I need to be taking in right now? Do I need to do I need to take a second and reflect? Yeah. On myself, mm-hmm. do I need to look around and make sure I don't walk out into traffic? Mm-hmm. Am I getting a bad energy there? Yeah. Am I headed in the wrong direction? Am I hanging out with the wrong people? Am I having the wrong conversations? Am I watching the wrong stuff and consuming I, the wrong information? Exactly. Yeah. Am I wasting my time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all that, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rogan talks about that all the time, right? Bandwidth. Yeah. It's like, and that is, I, I love the way he puts it. It's more of a secular perspective, but I think that that is true. It's something like what you devote your time to is what you become. Oh, and again, there's and that law of attraction. Yes. It's what you're taking in is what you're going to become, what you're 
what you're spitting out is mm -hmm. it's real and you do have control to choose that path the mm -hmm. fundamental control you have is something like whether you allow the do the fundamental right or left the fundamental light or dark the fundamental up or down mm -hmm. to take control yeah. that is you choose that yeah and you channel either of those and what you were describing in the dark side with those people that you see on the streets that are just like literally like hissing and, and spitting yeah. and all this kind of shit is seeing the people that have chosen mm -hmm. that or have in, been hurt to a point or, where they didn't know they were choosing that. Yes. Exactly. You can, and yeah. that's why there's an association with the devil and the trickster. Is you mm -hmm. you fall into this path without knowing that's what you're oh, choosing. Yeah. The biggest, uh, the greatest thing the devil ever did was convince him, convince everybody he doesn't exist. Yes. Well, yeah. and here and there's the th the thing too. We need to key on this point because you said it right there. Is we, it's not proper to think about these things as evil. Mm -hmm. Because I just talked about that last episode, right? Sending evil in the proper context is that if we do the thought experiment, at least if we keep it in the Western Christian interpretation, because that's what we're familiar with, yeah. right? That the story of the fall of Lucifer isn't in the Bible, but this is a we, most Catholicism embraces it. That mm -hmm. Lucifer was the highest angel in God's like of yes. God's angels, his favored son. Yes, he was also associated with the logical mind, mm -hmm. with beauty, with something like um, cunning, mm -hmm. right? With all of these qualities. But people usually associate the fall with something like, and like like Satan himself becoming obsessed with himself and then thinking that he's the thing that can discern whether human beings should exist and then challenging the fact that God created human beings and this causing God to cast him out. Right. But I, th and I think that is a, pro that is the proper way to think about it. But I came across something last week that I think really resonated. And it's something like we don't think about it properly because what that does is it raises Satan or Lucifer to the same level as God. To an equal plane. Yeah. And God created Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Right. So in that interpretation, we're, we're raising them to the, the same plane. And that's actually giving a, a, an illusion of the similar power so that what, when people think about evil, they think about it in equal terms to light as if there's this eternal battle struggle between the dark and the light as yeah. if it isn't intended. And this is the point I'm getting to is God does control everything. Everything comes from a single source so that if evil and darkness exists in this world, it's there for a reason. And in a very weird way, it is God acting. But it's God acting, and it's it's the way that God gets people off their fucking ass mm -hmm. is to give you, is poke you in exactly what you where you don't want to be poked. What's those challenges? Yes, those 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 challenges. That's every every whatever will make you unravel. Every that's poke you. Yeah, you know, uh, my dad. My dad works with. Um, I'll just simplify it, but he 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 works with people that are come from typically uh rougher upbringings mm -hmm. and um maybe some people just got out of jail or just trying to get on the right path and find their way towards a career and he whenever he comes across somebody who's really walking in there carrying uh carrying their their sadness or their guilt or carrying these demons and these cha yeah. these chains yeah or an ego um my dad makes it his goal he makes it as you know he takes it as an opportunity to um you know change their life and talk mm. to them about god or just ha tell them you know tell them look forgive yourself yeah. so, you know like chill out put like, down the weight yeah put down the weight yeah you're on the up and up you're doing it yeah right now you're here it's like it's like walking into the gym every day busting your ass and mm -hmm. And never putting on a tank top to show off your muscles, yeah. like, dude. You're working hey, hard. You're already doing it. Give yourself the, the give the yourself credit. the give your, exactly exactly. And it's also why it's very important to not do things for people, mm -hmm. right? 
is that oftentimes, and this is when you're in the opposite position, when people are in hard places, when they're in that darkness, when they're in that struggling, what they're going to do a lot of times is similar to when they're drowning. It's a similar feeling. Is they're going to try to find Misery anything to hold them up, right? Misery and so company. they'll try to pull you down with them, mm-hmm. right? They will. They're in pain, so they're going to lash out, right? And mm-hmm. and if you are the person that runs up there and tries to save them without being smart and being like, hey, I'm not going to die for you, yeah, then you will go under with them, right? God's not going to save you from that because you're choosing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? He's, he, he didn't put you here to save anybody else, but he did put you here to lead by example, to live your highest version of yourself exactly what i think you're describing in your dad is like look like you were saying i see in you things that i've had to go through yeah i've seen in you the same kind of struggle that same fundamental thing of carrying a weight and i've put it down right i'm not telling you you got to believe in whatever i believe in or whatever it is but simply by being here man give yourself the fucking credit yeah i think uh, (laughs) you know what i mean and i think that's where these relationships are built too though back to what we were saying is oops Messing up with the mic. Um, you know, we come across these people at these same crossroads with us or places we've been. Yeah. You know, and it's like you some, see it. sometimes you have an opportunity to be like the elder and yeah. hand out some good advice or hand yes. some, give somebody a hand up or a leg up. Sometimes Reverse. you've been there and all you just need to be is just a person to walk through it with that person, you know, or the true you or. Yeah the person to identify it in somebody or just the person that just walks by. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that we all have those roles and those, yeah, those goals as we come into somebody's life for uh, a moment or a chapter or for mm-hmm. eternity. I think that kind of back to what you and I were saying about how we met, we freaking, we were both walking through some shit and mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're best friends. Yeah. Doing beer bongs in the garage with TJ and Jamie. <laughs> living, I mean, we were living life like fast and hard right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I do think there's something I value those times because of that. You know, I'm at a point in my life now, and I think we were just talking about this earlier today, where it's something like, you know, we've grown up, right? And and I think there's something about recognizing that I have allowed myself to go and live that really dangerous life right like do some stupid shit and to kind of allow that animal thing to come out and let it go play and let it possess me a little bit and all that stuff because what you'll find if you let it play for long enough is it's exhausting it it doesn't it's so unbalanced that it'll cause inside of you something like a fracturing it's weird how being so much more productive and i think that that's all relative to what you're into and mm -hmm. where you're trying to go but being so much more productive how much more energy I have mm-hmm. mentally, man, not just physically. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm probably getting less sleep, but I'm so energized yeah. just mentally and spiritually. And I'm laughing and joking and smiling. And <laughs> Oh my God, these creases that have been all over my face, they're changing Going away. They're changing. Isn't it crazy how the physical appearance and, changes? And I'm using great skincare <laughs> products. Not a great sponsor skin, yet. Great yeah. skincare products. So we need a man's skincare yeah. product line. That's yeah. what we need to create. That's it. I think we could do it. Real. Yeah. <laughs> Real man's Real. Care, skincare products. Yeah. It, but yes, I, on a more serious note, you know, I, I think that there's something about, um, recognizing that the things that you carry around those weights, once you put them down, that they actually are the things that you stand on then that once you put their weights, they form something like a stable foundation on which the higher version of you is able to rest. Oh yeah. Fall forward. Yep. Always fall forward. Yeah. 
Just keep building it up. And from that, you have a higher vantage point. And from that higher yeah. vantage point, you get a higher amount, of, a higher level of energy. You get something like a reinvigoration. Yeah. And it's the, the same same mm-hmm. way. Like we look back at ourselves and we're like, man, I was so stupid. <laughs> man, why did I say that to that girl? Yeah. Oh my gosh. She probably thinks I'm a nerd. Yeah. You know, and it's all that stuff. And, and then the pain of seeing it happen still. That's the thing is that the, the battle is never over, right? That you, there is no finish line in this life. So that once you're at that vantage point, you automatically see that there's a higher one and you're like, shit. Yeah. Now I got to get there. <laughs> yeah. kind of thing, you know what I mean? So it's like this, this process of recognizing that you are the thing that holds you back and you are the thing that raises you up. And that once you see what you can stand on, what, that what, what raises you up is what makes you hurt then what you look for is what makes you hurt. Mm-hmm. And then that's what takes the power away from those demons. It takes away, those chains start to fall away because you're the thing that's sitting there not only looking at it, but have your fucking shield in your armor and you're, and you're like, nah, motherfucker, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And the next one that comes, hey, let's have a bigger fight because that was boring this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what you're t- describing in the in the gym. Like that's the energy we're embodying there is like that animal, I got the, I got my fucking harness on that now well, and I'm going to ride that thing. Yeah. I, I, it's, I control you, not anything else, right? <laughs> uh, very, <laughs> and I'm no, going to let very, you out. I'm going to let you out in a vector in a direction yeah. at those weights yeah it's and- <laughs> a well and i think that what you're describing there is like what we were talking about this physical chapter this physical page turning it's not it's not just like oh new level you know it's not like that no. i didn't just okay level two no you're it's a it's as physical as being in a battle yeah and these are this is what i've been feeling man, is. is i've been feeling like freaking hardened and i feel like god is just you know giving me this i mean man just giving me this strength mm-hmm. on the outside on the inside giving me this energy to wake up yeah and freaking oh you got up oh you you were having trouble waking up at six well now you got to wake up at 4 30 every day mm-hmm. now you got to wake up at 3 30 mm-hmm. every day Poke. oh and you got more to do <laughs> you got more to do and you yep. got more on your plate, more stress, more frustration. And are you going to let it bring you down? Because you demonstrated you could handle less. So I know you yeah. can handle more. Here you yeah. go. Yeah. And you yeah. get it right away. That's how you level up is by getting but I mean, you automatically have it. Very much so. Yeah. And I think that if you take a second, when you feel these moments in your life, like, man, who's this? Who's this person that's being brought back into my life? Why am I feeling this? I, f- you know, and it's always in a point of so much uncertainty. Like, man, where am I going? Wait, why does this feel so familiar to yeah, me? Deja like, vu. God, yeah. this, I have hurt like this before, but this is different. Mm. It's those moments of familiarity Where's that you gotta, difference? you gotta look yeah. and be like, what did I, what did I improve on? What is God getting me ready for? Yeah. What, you know, what, <laughs> and that's that. That's, that's that alignment. That's that, yeah. that higher kind of road yeah. I was talking about that it exists. It's, it's there. But it's, you have to choose to go that route. Yeah. It's, it hurts. And I, I use this. Um, I told my dad, my dad called me not too long ago and he asked me how I was doing. I told him, I said, dad, I was depressed. I was real depressed a couple months ago. I said, I don't really care to talk about it right now. Mm. And that's kind of been the, what I've been going through right now is I've been having a lot of people ask me, how, Shane, how are you doing? I don't really care to tell you how I'm doing because I'm, if I tell you how I'm doing, I'm going to have to kind of reflect on mm, what I've yeah. just, just what was so exhausting and the, you know, what I've kind of just been starting to overcome. Mm. So instead I was depressed and now I'm driven as fuck <laughs> and it hurt, but just like it hurts 
when you start working out, you start to build those calluses. And once, you know, you don't want to become hard and jaded, but you want to become ready for whatever God's about to lay in front of you. Yep. And... Because something's coming. Yeah, you got to embrace it. You got to embrace it and look for it. But don't don't Mm -hmm. sit back and... Well, I'm getting beat down. There's no sitting still. No. There's no sitting still. Because these yeah. moments, these moments of familiarity, these moments that God puts people back into your life and gives you an opportunity to succeed, you need to you need to freaking jump at it and you need to be aware of it. You are here to we are here to move things fundamentally. Yeah. We are not here to sit and just consume. We are not the thing that's supposed to just be here for comfort. I truly believe that. It's something like our modern society is confused at this level. We, we, we have been so disconnected from the fundamental suffering in life in the Western world that we, we have this belief, a large group of people believe, that the way that we get to happiness and fulfillment or success as we've cut out God, the only way we do it is through comfort. It's through something like consuming shit. And I've found that when I tried to apply that in my life, what that, where that took me was something like a deep spiral down into hell. Right. And oh. Because it's something like an unfulfilling kind of consumption that gluttonous consumption that just grows, grows, grows. Yeah, you're it, just a cog. That's how you f- start to feel like you're just a cog or just a yeah. number or just an assembly line or just waking up and dying and waking up yeah. and dying and waking up and dying. Why am I here? Dying. Why am I here? And why and does that question come in like, then? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> just go against the What's flow. The yeah. Man, if your back's hurting, stand up. Yep. Pick up if your you're weight. If you Stop saying, oh, I used to do this. I catch myself saying, oh, I used to do this. I used to be this. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. I'm dangerous now. Yeah. No, I am better now. Yeah. <laughs> I am who I am I'm now because of that. I'm dangerous now. Exactly right. Yeah. And there's a, there's a certain amount also a, a key point I think we should hit on here is um, going back to kind of bullshitters is that there's, there's something about um, recognizing Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot that it's important for us to recognize that we are the thing that is the most dangerous thing in the universe there is nothing more dangerous than a human being nothing that sorry i was was falling out of my chair and there's nothing more dangerous to ourselves than ourselves exactly right and that's why we are the most dangerous thing to ourselves the individual is really is a, a, a a misled individual thinking that they are a thing that is here for comfort is something like the most dangerous thing that the expression of the human being that I've seen so far in my experience. And what scares me about where we're going and the reason why I've been a little bit ominous in the previous episodes and said like, hey guys, we need to prepare for something, that there's a call, a grander call for us to prepare for a certain type of suffering is because mm-hmm. the universe operates at a fundamental level in balance. And what I see is something like people when they don't move, we are the thing that maintains the balance so that if there is a large group of people that aren't moving or don't want to move or don't want to do anything, then what we're headed for is something like a degradation, entropy taking place, suffering, chaos, all of the things associated well, with yeah, that. Well, yeah, it's making it makes you vulnerable. But also <clears throat> in that, we have the calling out of all of those people too. God acting, get off your ass, stand up, become the real you, become who you're always supposed to be. And you know that shit. Everybody yeah. knows that inside. You know what I mean? But I, but they, we play this funny game with our ego as if we're the thing that should, we know we're the thing that's supposed to reach for this higher purpose, but we wish and we wish and we wish and we wish and we do nothing for it. We don't pick up the responsibility of it. And then we blame other people, oddly enough, for mm-hmm. keeping us from our dreams, right? And there's nobody ever keeping you from your dreams than you. It's, it's You have to own everything you consume yes. everything you put out, mm-hmm. everything. You have to own that. 
and be honest with yourself because you could sit you could sit there and like man I'm telling you I just recently have overcome insecurities and things that I've been carrying with me for years yeah years to a point where there was things that I was carrying with me that were that I carried around losing them or I carried around how you know the impact of experience in that thing or that time in my life Mm -hmm. for almost as long as I as it took for me to achieve those or to be in that moment or Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's just wild man you have to address that stuff don't carry this stuff with and I keep saying stuff but that's all it is is just stuff Stuff. it's just weight and literally man things and people and interactions will try to consume your time but Mm. just if you just flip the script take control of it it's so it's like everything just clears up yeah you take control of what you can control then you realize the things that you worry about are are the things that are actually pulling you apart because you can't control them so they cause you to to spiral they Mm -hmm. cause you to, to 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 think in circles and, and then to kind of devolve in a way where you lash out at people because you're projecting this kind of internal battle that you have going on. And um, that another thing that I think we should key on here, too, is something like that pain itself, when not viewed properly, when not looked at, like you're saying, in that warrior context where we're turning around at our demons, we're saying, hey, I see you. And if you want to fight, let's fight kind of a thing but I'm not going to have you follow me around anymore. I'm not going to have you leech off of me anymore that when you do that, um, you keep yourself from passing that thing on to somebody else. Yeah. Because the way that these things travel, the you're way missing these an oppor- travel you're missing an opportunity is by us lashing out yep. is by us allowing that thing to take hold, possess us and then to seep itself into somebody else through that expression, through that exchange of energy, through that. I hate you, whatever it is. Right. And it doesn't and- even have to be aggressive like that, but it could be a inaction, you know, like failure to failure to act, failure to yeah. do something animosity yeah um insecurities Mm -hmm. you know all of those if you can those types of feeling you know it's no mistake that those are the same feelings you get when you get the heebie-jeebies that (laughs) that weak shoulders hunched good point you know how did quasimodo look at the beginning of that movie and how Mm -hmm. did he look at the end of the movie yeah hunchback and all he was standing up tall by the end of that movie Mm -hmm. you know but it's if you carry those weights, you carry that insecurity with you and you carry doubts and you carry questions and just put, if you put yourself out there to change your situation or if you put yourself out there to make a positive, man, that beat when it drops. (laughs) If you make it, make it, put your intention Mm. on impacting somebody's life for good to be that thing yeah the higher thing it's it feels so different to be the hero it's weird man yeah to be that hero in a very small way yeah it's no, it doesn't make it in when i say small i don't mean insignificant i mean no. the most significant that the most significant acts are those small ones that nobody fucking sees yeah. that like cilantro on a street taco yeah Pow. exactly it's the it's the garnish of life yeah, yeah. it's a really good way to put it and 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 because it is where you will you will find it oddly enough that you find the most beauty in the smallest simplest acts the smallest things the simplest views that there's a there's an odd way in which simplicity 
demonstrates to you the comedy within life that what we often do is over what we do is overcomplicate this thing because our logical mind is insatiable in some way it's, it's ravenous and we want to let it control it's it's addictive to let our logical mind control things we let it run around and we let it create these schemes and scenarios well, that it's, can like grow a, it's like to, a muscle it's yes. like a muscle it's like a it's like a crease or it's like driving <laughs> that go-kart through the freaking sand yeah you know you're putting a trail yeah you're building the trail. It's like walking through the high grass and you walk through it once. It's a little bit of a trail, yeah. but you keep going, you keep <laughs> going off the trail and you walk back down that trail and look back and then take the scenic route again and again and again. Pretty soon that path is the path that you've made for yourself. Yeah. It's the path of least resistance, which yes. is why, which you'll take then, which <laughs> is why, yeah, that's why people are going to go that way. You know, you get in a rut once pretty soon. Once that rut is bigger than the, the trail you were on, yeah, that's where you're headed. You're headed. You're headed in a different stream. Yeah, a tree falls on the trail, yeah. and you're like, "Where do I go?" Yeah, yeah. There's no getting back on track at that point, um, or I should not say there's no getting back on track. I'm saying it's a little, you know, it's a little rougher of a ride. You know, a little more, a uh, little more bumps and bruises. And that's the point of it too, though. Is that, oh my goodness! Sorry, guys. Give me one second. I keep on pulling my headphones out. Chris is having technical difficulties. He got excited. He was actually sitting on his legs. <laughs> I gotta say this. No, I, what I was gonna say is like those those paths too. I mean, that's when we're most comfortable because that's when we know we've been there. And nobody's hurt. Nothing's hurt us. So we repeat it, and we're like, oh, we're safe here. We're safe here. We're safe here. We just keep going this way. But that's also where we lose the adventure. You know what I mean? The adventure yeah. that's with, that's within life. Um, real quick before we get out of here, I'm going to pull a card and we're going to see what it means. Just so you know, when he pulled these cards out, because I was raised, I've been raised Roman Catholic and I've, um, I've been kind of always taught that like astrology is one of the tools of the devil, but, uh, I don't know. It was, it's, it's kind of interesting to see just kind of the similarities and the way um, so many different ideas um, relate and how they're all kind of, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So that's, I'm, I'm interested to see what this, what this uh, card entails. So the card that I pulled out here, guys, um, is the Six of Pentacles. And I am by no means a professional tarot reader, but I am familiar with the cards. And what I get from the Six of Pentacles uh, on this card, you'll see... Um, kind of one man standing up and then two people on the side of them on their knees kind of holding their hands out and the man's handing out coins um and he's also holding a scale in the other one like he's judging these people but the way that i'm seeing this card right now is something like balance that and i'm seeing the man as the universe as god that the way that you receive from the universe is by maintaining a certain type of balance right i think this is what we've been talking about in the podcast that inside of us, each of us, there's a necessity to maintain this balance. And that's something like a balance between the light and the dark, up and down, left to right. You choose. But the abundance, the happiness, the fulfillment, the payoff that you look for, it only happens through maintaining that balance, right? And with that, guys, I think that's the Unfounded Podcast. I want to take a second and really thank Shane because this was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I think this is going to be awesome listening back. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm excited to thank check you. this out. And I hope that I can, we can come back and actually finish telling people 
the way we became friends. There's more to it. There's plenty of stories on that. So it'll be it'll be interesting to kind of to see where this year takes us and uh, kind of see the direction both of us are headed and why we kind of bumped back into each other this year. Yeah. Um, You'll be back. I definitely yeah. want you back on here, and we're we're talking about other ideas too, guys. So tune and we in. and we live like three minutes from each other right now, so that's kind of definitely pretty that's definitely definitely. <laughs> but he's now my gym buddy and my accountability partner, so there's that too. Yeah. So with that, guys, that's going to be the Unfounded Podcast signing off. I want to send you guys a whole lot of love, a lot of light. Real quick, Shane, do you have your Instagram and stuff that you can shout out? Yeah. So my Instagram is Hitchin underscore and underscore fishing with no g and uh my tiktok is dirty downturn boys because uh we just went through a pretty epic <laughs> downturn downturn in the oil field so check it out we got a lot of funny videos on there yeah seriously guys check him out um i've been he's been showing me some of the tiktoks he's putting out and they're they're fantastic and hilarious and he's even got a couple of me on there so uh, if you guys are interested check out his tiktok check out his instagram and like i said tune back in because shane will be back on here very soon and thank you for your listener your support um please reach out like share and subscribe if you think this would resonate with anybody if this really resonated with you please give it to somebody and see see what see if they'd like it right so um with that guys lots of love night night